Hi, my name is Justin. I'm the developer of Pur Rocket, an iOS space game with cats. And I listen to the One-Off Gaming Podcast. You can find a link to download my game at facebook.com slash purrocket. Hi, I'm Lucy James, and I listen to the One-Off Gaming Podcast. Hi, I'm Keith Allen, and I play Murphy on Z Nation, and I listen to One-Off Gaming Podcast. Yeah. One up gaming is behind me. Let me get in beast mode. If you wanna try me, you don't need a cheap code. Kante is who I be to you. It's Mr. Hero, legendary adversary. Flows considerably though. I'm a super saiyan. I got dragon balls. I wouldn't lie. You might think I'm playing when I'm saying I can really fly. When I'm on the track, you feel the energy I'm pushing. I put me on the map. One up gaming's who I'm talking about. I'm the rapping master chief. Epic to say the least. Contain the hero. Better etch that in your memory. And so the one up gaming for the show. I'll contain the hero is really gonna show up. And we're back. It's me, David. It's One Up Gaming. It's the One Up Gaming podcast. It's up to episode 228. And today we've got one of our new reviewers. So if you want to introduce yourself and just sort of give us a bit of information about you, please. Hey, this is Brian Eccles. Um, I've been a gamer since I was a little kid when the NES came out. Um, I have my own business on the side doing life coaching for parents, helping them become productive. I always wanted to do video game reviewing, so here I am. Um, Passionate about my games. I try to give fair and honest reviews, so if anybody ever sees my reviews and they don't think they're fair and honest, just let me know about them because I always try to be, you know, cool. And I brought one of my friends, too, with me who also is a fighter, loves fighting style games. So he said he's a fighter historian, so I'll let him introduce himself. Here you go. Hi, name's Joe Mack. Been in video games for almost 30 years. Ever since they had those coffee tables, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know about it, but old school gamers like me does. Been around the, you know, block with many, many video games and stuff, but yeah, I think fighters are some of the greatest, like, game genre for uh, game playing, if you will. Here he is. And thank you for that. I'm back. So, how old are you guys? Me? I am... I, well, technically, you can congratulate me. Uh, happy belated birthday. I just turned 32 on September 10th. So, this is my birthday week of big big week. We didn't get to celebrate on my birthday, so we're having fun all week long with tabletop RPGs and everything. And how old are you, Joe? 31. He said it'll be 32 and when? December. December. God, you're so young. So... 
I guess I've been working all week. I do 12-hour shifts, so I get home, I sleep, I wake up, I go back to work. Um, I've not really been doing any gaming whatsoever. I've not even been able to touch the Switch. Just been sat next to the TV. I've not played anything this week. So I better just hand it over to you guys and just sort of let us know what games you've been playing and what you think of them. Alrighty, well, first I'd like to cover one of the top games that everybody's been raving about that I, I, I couldn't get a hold of a copy of it, so I went ahead to Redbox and rented it for a few days. I played the new Spider-Man PS4 game. And being a comic book fan myself, I have to say that they really topped themselves compared to all the Spider-Man games I've played, and I've played almost every single one of them except for Web of Shadows. Um, haven't touched that one. But I really love it. The It just really puts you in the feel of being Spider-Man. I mean, it's set in the future of past Spider-Man, so he no longer works for the Bugle. J. Jonah Jameson no longer works for the Bugle. He's been kicked out the door to do his own thing. Um, and they changed a lot of plot lines. So if you're a hardcore comic fan, I'm warning you right now, they did change some origin stories. So do not be surprised because, let's face it, Hollywood's changed the origin stories with, what, the X-Men movies and the Avengers movies. They're always coming up with their own alternate universe. So just consider this game an alternate universe. But the gameplay... It's pretty much a fighter. It's pretty much a beat-em-up fighter where you level up your character. It's an RPG blend. You level up your character. You have to play a heck of a lot of street crimes and stuff in order to unlock it. And then in order to unlock other suits with better powers, you have to pretty much go to what's called bases. And these bases are waves and waves and waves of fighters. I had, honestly, had to set my game to easy to try to play this one because those waves and waves of enemies were killing me with rocket launchers and everything and I didn't have enough powers unlocked and there wasn't enough way to unlock anything so I was struggling played it, decided to stick with the story I made it all the way to Act 3 and then it started getting tough on me so I just put it aside turned it back to Redbox I couldn't even beat the game but for those who want a good game it's definitely not worth the $60 price I'll tell you right now because the story is short, it's 3 acts but it's a short story there's a lot of side stuff to do, but I'd wait until the DLC drops and the price stops in the game. That way you can get the game for 60 rather than paying 80 because there's more stuff to do. You know, it's, it's a good game, and there's a fun little tidbit in there in case, you know, you like doing fun side activities. Um, you can actually take pictures and put stickers on them and save them to your PlayStation. You can uh, upload them to your Twitter and make, like, little fun little word bubbles and make little comic strip type things of your own, which I thought was pretty fun. Uh, Nikki, my friend Nikki caught me doing a, <laughs> caught me doing that a couple times, and she's like, aren't you supposed to be playing the game? I'm like, I'm having fun with photo mode. It's, it's so much fun. So that was one of the games I played. Um, the other game that I'm currently still playing that I was trying to write a review in progress on is uh, God Wars. So for PlayStation fans, you remember God Wars came out a couple of years ago, or actually was it last year? It was a game that I missed that I wanted to play. And I'm a huge anime gamer. When it comes to RPGs, I love anime with a passion. That's the other thing I love on the side. And this game has anime cutscenes, which shocked me completely. When I first started the game up, an anime cutscene popped up. I'm like, fully voiced over cutscenes. I like this. And everything's fully voiced over. And it's one of those tactical RPGs. So if you're a fan of Final Fantasy Tactics, you might like this game. Um, but 
it's hard. It is difficult to master this game because they actually, it's one of those games where, the, where grinding is required, but another problem with that game is the grinding itself. You have to stop in little shrines and get side quests, and it actually makes you get the side quests in order to level up. Otherwise, you cannot beat the mission because each mission is actually considered a chapter, and each chapter is what they call an episode. So the episodes stack up to the chapters, and then the chapters stack up to the act. And it goes, from what I understand, all the way to 12 acts with 10 chapters in each one. So that's like 120 different places. But the thing I love about it is not only the anime cutscenes, but the music's amazing. And the story seems to be amazing. The story, not trying to spoil anything, just starting out, you'll see it when you play, is there's, there's a goddess. And goddess or priestess who... It's trying to appease the gods, and it's kind of like, you know, with all the natural disasters going on over here in America, um, it's kind of like trying to appease the gods who are creating those natural disasters. So Mount Fuji, I think that's what they said it was, uh, is going to explode. So this priestess sacrifices one of her three daughters, and you see it happen. She literally just caves in and falls down into Mount Fuji, and it stops erupting. And years go by, the mother disappears, and she's still got two daughters out there. They grow up. So you're playing as one of the daughters who's in search of her mother to f try to find the meaning of it and find out why these gods need appeased. And I only got to, I think, episode five, and it started getting more difficult because you have to really, like I said, you have to really know how to program your AI and program your moves because I'm doing a side quest right now. And... The dogs are level 3. My characters are level 6 and 7, and I'm still getting my butt whooped. I'm still getting the map wiped every single time. So I'm still trying to figure that out. But all in all, I would recommend this game if you're a hardcore gamer, if you like anime games, and you pretty much like um, the strategic old-school style of uh, strategy RPGs. Then the next game that I'm playing, of course, is... Uh, SNK Heroines, which me and Joe are going to cover. Uh, personally, I was excited for this game because I like any good game with anime-style sprites and you know good music, good story. I was shocked, though, when I first booted this game up. There are no anime-style sprites in this game. They did away with the old-school fighting sprites. This one has some form of animated, like, Try to make them look realistic, but not realistic anime-style graphics, if you know what I mean. And there's a short amount of characters. Right now, there's 12 to choose from. I, was, I thought there was open spots. I saw open spots, and I was a little disappointed that you don't really unlock any characters after beating story mode. But then I read in the news that they're going to be releasing more characters from other series into this game as time goes by as free updates, which hoping they add more story because that's another gripe that I had about this game. For the price that everybody's paying for this game, $50 in American over here in the U.S., and I don't know the price over in U.K., but for that price, it's not really worth it unless you're really, really hardcore must-have-this-game-at-this-price-now type deal because the story mode, we played it. Me and Joe teamed up together because you can team up with a friend to play the story mode. But seven battles. 
seven rounds, and your story is over. And the last boss... <laughs> don't even get me started on the last boss. The story, because it's a Japanese game, it's obviously, you know, one of those twisted Japanese mindsets again, as they always do. They, uh, as Joe just said over here, they lure you in with a false sense of security. You think you're doing great, and then all of a sudden that last boss hits you. And <laughs> you think you got him down. And remember, him and I were, you know, you can tag in with friends. So him and I were playing. Tagged him in. He starts whooping some butt. He thinks he's down. And his health is down. He tags me in because I get a fully charged special. I go to use my special. And the boss uses his first and completely, like, obliterates the field every single time. We finally beat him, of course, but that's another thing about this game that makes it unique. You can't just beat the opponent senseless. You have to get them into a state of, like, low health, and then you have to do a special on them to finish them off. Otherwise, their health goes back up again. So, for the state that it's in, if I had to, you know, give it an honest review, I'd probably give it a... Four out of five, because it's still got some more work to do. And Spider-Man, I'd probably give that a four out of five, even though, you know, for the price. And then God Wars, since it's so hard, oh, let's get that a four out of five, too, just because, you know, hardcore gamers need something to do with their time, and that's definitely in there. Unlike that Roboto game that I just recently reviewed, that game... <laughs> I played that recently, too, and I sent in the review for that. That that game was fun, had an arcade feel, but you really need a friend to play that with. Otherwise, it's just it's bombs away on that game. So those are the console games I've been playing mostly. Um, and then I started playing the new World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth expansion i haven't had much time to touch it but i was playing the beta and i've been playing that and i can see why fans are complaining about that game yes it's a great expansion i am having fun with it and you should experience both alliance and horde for the alliance over here of course um even though i have two guilds and the game's great but we just need more i mean it seems like games nowadays seem to be pushing their games out faster than ever without giving us the content you know and we don't need another ea bust on our hands where everything's time-gated. We need more content before a game's released so we can have enough time to play it with. You know, we need games that take longer ability, at least in my opinion, because you're paying $60 for a game or, you know, however much you pay for your game, you're paying that, and then if you're going to buy a season pass, great. But you should have at least, you know, my opinion, anywhere from 40 to 100 to maybe... 100 plus hours of gameplay in a game in order for it to be really worth the time spent in it. So that so that's pretty much what I've been covering so far. And Joe over here, he also had his time on hands with SNK Heroines. And since he's the, he's the historian when it comes to fighting games, I'll turn it over to him so he can give me his review. So here you are, Joe. Let him know what you feel. Thanks, Brian. All right. SNK Heroines is the latest game from SNK. It's definitely a lot of fun if you're looking for something different to play. Although the story is somewhat short. However, it appeals a lot of eye candy for an all-girls cast to kick ass in. 
SNK partnered up with NIS America to present to see what seems to be a special event where their previous attempt of SNK's GAL fighters was the previous installment of an all-female fighter game. This game might appeal to fighter fans, but those who were not, it's rather easy to pick up. The 2 versus 2 game consists of an attacker and supporter type of strategy system. When making progress while playing, it has costumes to unlock, videos pictures to show even more eye candy that will make your day if you're sorted in that type of thing. Characters like my Shirinui to a female Terry Bogart make appearances. Yes, you heard that right. A female Terry Bogart. You'll have to play to find out how that even happened. SNK may not be everyone's cup of tea, but I can guarantee you they've never been disappointing game company to me at least. This franchise or should I say this game features parts to our Sorry, I can't talk right. This game features ports to Arcade, Nintendo Switch, and the PlayStation 4. One thing I can tell you is the events take place after the King of Fighters 14 tournament. The person that you face after it's all said and done is the mysterious Kukri, who is in turn the only male character since Iori Yagami in SNK's Gal Fighters. And the guest character also is Square Enix's Thief Thief Arthur, which is a guest character for Million Arthur, which is a game in itself that is due next month. The concept of an all-female fighters is a good chemistry other than the usual all-male fighters, and it's definitely a fresh breath of air compared to the usual over-the-top testosterone atmosphere. It may not be like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom, but it definitely ain't no Shaq Fu either. Three out of five stars. Just remember... The only way to win is to use your special. Kind of like PlayStation All-Star Battle Royale. There you go, Brian. Back to you. I noticed he mentioned uh, Thief Arthur. I was just looking at the news while he was talking about his review a little bit. And for any fans out there of Thief Arthur, and Joe, you didn't know this, this is going to be new for you. Thief Arthur has been delayed by one week as its future DLC because they said they're still trying to work the tweaks and bugs out of the game that people have saying... There have been some arcade, and they've also just added arcade stick support for players that are used to playing with the arcade fighting stick. Mm, They also said they want to add an arcade mode for fans to keep the play going when they add more characters. And they did mention the all-male character. There's only one male character who kind of acts like he might be transgender, he might be, you know, class gay. I don't know what they'd classify him as because they've had a transgender game character in the past but he's very weird and you do not unlock him this is the shocking part after you beat the game you do not unlock this guy and most of the trophies for this game happen to be you have to play with a certain two characters every single time you go through the story to experience their story and then there's trophies for earning gold there's trophies for beating survival mode which is was it 30 characters you have to beat 30 30 characters. You have to be 30 rounds of uh, survival. 30 characters. That's 15 rounds total. And the difficulty goes up every single time. I'm assuming that your health doesn't go up. It's on the same life bar, Joe just said, so that's a toughie. But there is no trophy for beating it on different difficulties. So if you're having trouble with this game, put it on the easiest. The The controls are also easy to pick up. You know, I found that because... I'm not really a fighting game guy. I love fighting games. I love the whole anime fighting things like Naruto. Like I've been playing a lot of uh, the Naruto 
Ultimate Ninja Storm trilogy that came out a year ago. I've been playing that whole collection on PS4, but I'm not really like the Mortal Kombat type fighter where you have to input certain button combinations. Luckily for this, this game does not do that. This game does not have hard button combinations. They're easy. It's kind of like the Tekken's easy rage mode that they put in and that's another piece of news too fans for fighting games Tekken 7 just added easy combination mode you can now do easy combinations in Tekken 7 that was shocking to me because I just bought the DLC when it was on sale on Xbox for 10 and now they have easy combinations seems more fighting games these days are trying to save the genre by appealing more towards everybody now rather than just hardcore fans they're trying to bring in new fighting fans and a new atmosphere because apparently you know as you've seen in the news sadly i don't know what's gotten into video game committing it but sadly in the news lately you keep seeing all these tournaments these fighting game tournaments and everything keep getting shot up i mean it makes people scared to even want to try nowadays i mean i'm not afraid to try i'm going to be trying the new wwe 2k19 million dollar challenge when it comes out uh but it's just, you know, a toxic community, so they're trying to clean it up a lot. So they decided to make a all-female fighting game that they've been talking about doing for years. SNK does it, but it's not for female fans specifically. Like, some female fans and some of the people out there that have been complaining about video games as of late would have a problem with this, you know, but... It's got the bouncy boobs. It's got the whole anime thing that they do over in Japan and everything and the sexy costumes. It more appeals to the male gamer population and the fans who have stuck with SNK from the beginning. So that's that's pretty much it for SNK. And then I'm trying to think if there's any other games I've touched recently. So I mate, did I try... Just, I just wanted to <laughs> ask, with the SNK sort of game... I've heard a lot of negative press about it being very, very sexist. That's what I was talking about. That's exactly what I was talking about. You got the the problem, and I'm not, so for anybody who's listening out there who's a female, I am not sexist in any way, so do not take this out of context. <laughs> but the, the problem with the gaming community nowadays is you have the SJW, social justice warriors, and the feminists who are complaining about every little thing and to me it's just a video game to enjoy if you want a sexist video game that treats females in a bad way look at grand theft auto this game is more anime and it appeals towards the japanese population we all know for fans of anime like myself we all know that japanese culture has done this for years so you can take this game as a little sexist like you had bogart transformed into a female for this game, and there's no explanation of how it happened, you know, and I'll get Joe's input on that, too. Uh, he said that he's been hearing a lot of negative press about, like you said, there was going to be negative press. SNK. People are complaining about it being too sexist. What do you got to say about that? Anything? You know, there's always going to be somebody out there that's, you know, something doesn't tickle their fancy the right way. The way that I see it is that a game is a game. 
Now, Soul Calibur 6 was stuck in development hell for about three and a half years. Like, this game should have came out three and a half years ago, but the whole reason why he didn't is because the feminists and SJWs had a problem that Ivy's boobs were too big. So now that this new game's coming out and everything, I'm looking forward to it myself because I've been a lifelong committed fan, you know, and I really love this series compared to a lot of other stuff. Now, I will say this. The new Smash Bros. is coming out as well. You know, some people are having a problem with that because Waluigi's not in there, but that's just more fan preference compared to the whole sexist deal. Anyways, I am going to hand this back over to Brian. I hope this helps. Yeah, and I was just talking with Nikki in the background, too, she, and she agrees, too, you know. She's been a gamer for, I don't know, how long have you been a gamer, Nick? How long have you been a gamer? Like, how many years have you gamed, would you say? So she started when she's nine, she's 34 now, and you as a female don't have a problem with these kind of games, right? You just find them fun, right? See, that's the, uh, that's her opinion right there. She just gave it. And I talked to several of my female friends that I have, because most of my friends, honestly, I've met, are females. And they don't have a problem with this. They think it's funny. They think it's cute. You know, it's, oh, look, hey, Japan's making girl characters with floppy boobs again and big butts. Cool. You know, and it's like, it doesn't really have any sexual connotations in the game, except for the one dude doing the weird dance. And I will say... For the story, it does seem a little weird. So, spoiler alert right now. I said I wouldn't give a spoiler earlier, but since we're talking about this controversial topic, spoiler alert. The main character, that's the villain, as he's forcing these girls to fight against each other in his own domain, he has a statue that's gaining power from it. Well, as they're losing, as you're kicking the other team's butt and beating up these other girls... They're sulking and like their emotions are taking control of them and they're becoming like deeply depressed. And so if you beat him at the end, they all get freed. But in a way, it kind of explains society and it explains, you know, how we are if you look deeper into it. That, you know, for me, I'm all about empowerment. So if you let your emotions get the best of you, then. You lose, you know. Life is like a video game. But we shouldn't be complaining about video gaming because you can't change, expect the entire population to change. I'm sorry, you cannot change society by trying to ban a video game or anything like that. There's always going to be some form of sexism out there. There's always going to be some form of hatred out there. And it's only once we stop realizing, you know, about that, it's once we start realizing that we all have the power within us to change society by helping one another rather than complaining about things and following our own dreams, that's when society really starts to change. That's when the hatred starts breaking free and love starts breaking through. So, like I said, some people can see this game as sexist. Others will just enjoy it. I just say, hey, just enjoy it for what it is. And if you don't like the game, rather than complain about it, rather than ban it or try to ban it, just leave it alone and let the unique group of people that play it enjoy the game. It's like I remember the old Dead or Alive series. Over in the UK, they tried to get that game sort of banned because of all the sexist comments that everyone was making. 
for me, I just thought it was a really well playing fighting game. It was, and I don't know if you heard the news, uh, David, but they're coming out with another Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive last round was not the last round. They're coming out with another one sometime in the near future. Hopefully and I think more virtual fighter characters to it. I'm hoping, because uh, I love Dead or Alive too. I still have the Dead or Alive Xbox collection that came out exclusively when they had the Dead or Alive 2 and 3 and a bundle. And, okay, yeah, maybe Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball, Dead or Alive Paradise, whatever it was called, maybe that was, you know, a little out there with a little sexism and stuff, but it's still fun. I mean, if you like Beach Volleyball, it's still fun. Yeah, but I think that never came over to America or the UK. I think that was... It basically got kept in Japan. There was one one. that came out... I don't know. Was there another one? Because I know there was there was two. I didn't know there was a third one because the first one came out for Xbox yeah, years ago. Yeah, there was one that came Xbox. out for PS4 last year, but it got like massive bad press, and they said it was just for the Japanese market. Well, if that's the case, you know they should start keeping some of these games for the for the Japanese market. Congrats. They should start keeping some of these games for the Japanese market. But then another thing about the Japanese market that I don't get. And if they listen to these podcasts or whatever, you know, and actually take things seriously, they need to start bringing over more games to America, though. Because I've seen several games in the last 20 years that I've always wanted to play, but I don't understand how to read Japanese. And I'd love to see them ported over to America. And they did that for so long, like Samurai Warriors. That's another series I love, dear to my heart. Samurai and Dynasty Warriors. And... Samurai Warriors started out, and they had English voiceovers in America and in England. They had the English voiceover option. Then they had it in Germany. We had the German voiceover option, and they had the Japanese voiceover options. And then they stopped, and they went directly to just Japanese voiceovers with English subtitles. And trying to play a hack-and-slash game where you're on the like battlefield, and you're trying to fight, 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 and trying to read at the same time. It would be different if you're sitting there watching a subtitled anime. No problem. But if you're sitting there playing a game, uh, Nikki over there doesn't want, isn't into that. She doesn't like want to read while she's playing. She's just too busy playing. So she's like, where are we supposed to go? Oh, we're supposed to go over there. The guy just said it. And she's like, well, I'm not paying attention to that. So then they finally started bringing back the English voiceovers. You know. But they skipped a couple of games and left them over to the Japanese market, which would have been great games if they would have brought them over here. Like, they've been porting every Dynasty Warriors game over, but they don't port every Samurai Warriors game. They say that they claim that there's not a big enough fan base. Well, to me, if I was a gaming company, and there's at least a thousand gamers in my market, I'd still port it exclusively to them. I'd make a pre-order, so if they want the game, they could pre-order it, so I still get my money's worth for the ones who pre-order it. Like, they just recently brought another great game over that I played. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the Shinmu series from back in the day, yeah. but the Shinmu collection, I got a chance to play that this month as well, right before Spider-Man came out. And to me, <laughs> it's funny going back to nostalgia. It's funny going back to games we grew up with because it's great, but playing it with English voiceovers, you have like a little girl going, my puppy! Oh, my puppy! And you're like, well, okay. And then you put the Japanese vo- voiceovers on and you hear better voice acting than you do in the uh, English 
voice acting, but it was still fun to play it. You know, they didn't really add anything to it. It's just ports, direct ports up to PS4, and those are some good games. I haven't played two because I own two for Xbox, but that's what I'm talking about with the Japanese market. They're trying to broaden what to bring over here. And I like how Nintendo's starting to do that. And the news recently I just saw today announced Nintendo is making an Animal Crossing for Switch, slated for next year. Luigi's Mansion 3, slated for sometime this year. We also have a couple of good fighters coming over from Capcom. They're bringing the arcade beat-em-ups collection. Seven games for the price of 20 bucks, And that's pretty good unless you have some of the older collections then there's only three games on there two to three games on there that haven't been released ever only in arcades that are coming out so those are definitely worth it in my opinion um and that was the other game they announced another good game that i'm oh as joe said super smash brothers is coming later this year and it's supposed to be the best super smash brothers game of all time and if you haven't gotten a hands on the switch yet you got Two options right now. Okay, people, you got two options. There's the limited edition Pokemon edition coming out, which is awesome for Pokemon fans because, woo, I'm a Pokemon fan. I've always been a Pokemon fan, so I'm going to be getting it that looks, version it looks as well. Hideous. You think it looks hideous? Yes. See, I think it looks pretty cool. But then again, I'm kind of stuck because now they have the other edition. Did you see the other edition? The Super Smash Brothers edition? Did you see that? I hate Smash Brothers with a passion. They got that version coming out. So they're finally coming out with limited edition consoles for the Switch. When they said they wouldn't, they're coming out with them now. So if you're a Pokemon fan and you think the console looks cute, get it. Is it worth it? Well, let's see. They're charging $400 for the Pokemon edition. And all you get with it is the Pokeball and the game of your choice. But the game is digital, folks. So if you get it, the code's already pre-installed. There's no code. It's already pre-installed in the system. Right When you turn the system on, it automatically is on the hardware. So your best option is to, if you want that, is to pre-order it first. Take it home with your receipt because it's around Christmas time. You know, you can take it back if you don't want it or sell it. And then get a physical copy of the game. Like, I support Gamefly. That's a great way to get, you know, physical copy of the games in the mail to rent them and try them out. And... You got that, and if you like the game, then open the Switch system, send it back to Gamefly, and you already have it. But a lot of people are already skeptical about this Pokemon game. I don't know what your thoughts are, Dave. Uh, I don't know if you played Pokemon back in the day, but there's a lot of... red and blue one, but no more. So, do you know, after red and blue came yellow. This is supposed to be the next generation yellow. Now, here's where people get controversial with this game. Pocket Tournaments came out for Switch a year ago. Great game, by the way. That's a great fighter. Um, but when you start the game up a Pocket Tournament, you see 3D graphics, and they look realistic. Well, when we saw the trailer for Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, you see cartoon graphics. Not realistic graphics. Cartoon graphics. That's a step down. It's a step up, but it's a step down, because it's a step up from the 3DS games, but it's a step down from what people wanted. And so Nintendo's answer to that was, well, we have another game coming out for you guys next year for those hardcore fans. Okay, 
Then people saw how the mechanics of the new game is, and if you're a Pokemon Go fan or a Pokemon Go player like me and Nick are, you know, then you're used to it. And yes, I'm a hardcore fan of Pokemon, but I'm also open to change. And I think you should be open to change. So I'm wondering how it's going to play out. But they said there's no wild battles. It's just sit there and toss balls and toss balls and toss balls and toss balls like in Pokemon Go. A lot of fans don't like that. Nintendo's response again? Well, if you don't like this one, wait till next year. This one is only for the Go market, the people who play Go. So you can transfer your Pokemon, mind you, the only first 151, none after that, into this game and use them in the game. You can sit down and play with a friend. Well, I don't know how that's going to work. Like, if it's like old school Pokemon Stadium, if you played with a friend and they, they get rental Pokemon if they don't have a cartridge, and you get the actual Pokemon that you have on your team, I don't know how it's a fair advantage. Seems like an unfair advantage to me. But the gyms have changed. So now you actually have to have a Water-type Pokemon before you go fight Brock. Otherwise... You can't get in the gym. Then when you go to Misty, they're going to require you to have an electric type. You have to have one Pokemon on your Pokemon list. That's the weakness of the gym. Other than that, they'll let you in with everything else. But those seem to be my only gripes. Like, they showed some trailers lately that people are complaining about. About They do have wild Pokemon battles, but they're only for the legendary Pokemon. Moltres, Zapdos, and Articuno. Okay. I'm game. I'm willing to, you know, go for that because Nikki wants to play it, and we only have one Switch, so that'll be the go-to game. But for Super Smash Brothers fans, and I am not—I'm not a hardcore fan of Super Smash, but I love Super Smash, you know, because it's another fighting game. It's fun. Um, they got three different editions of Super Smash coming out in November. You got the Super Smash with a special Switch controller. You know, the docked controller, or the whole pro controller, as they call it, or whatever they call the bigger controllers. Um, then you got the new thing. <laughs> this, I don't know if this is a hint of what's to come, because Nintendo's already promised some NES games getting ported to Switch now, but they told us we'd never have a virtual console. But now they have two new adapters that are coming for the Switch. With Smash Brothers, one version of Super Smash comes with the regular controller, like I said. The other one comes with a GameCube controller. GameCube controller. You heard a GameCube controller. That's it. And an adapter that hooks into your Switch. So when it's docked to the TV, you can hook the adapter up to the TV. And you and four other friends can play on the same Switch against each other with GameCube controllers. So... There's that option as well, and they also have a special edition Switch console coming out. So that's in the news. And then another piece of news that I heard recently, a lot of people have been dying to hear this. AMD's been teasing us. It seems like it's confirmed. I've been hearing about it. If you already heard, if you haven't already heard the first piece of news about Xbox, Xbox now has a new system. It's a membership program. And if you have good credit or if you pass the credit check, you can get an Xbox One X for $25 a month, and that also includes the cost of your Xbox Live and your Xbox All Access Pass, your Games Pass. And they have two versions that they're going to be making, from my understanding. One's going to be a cloud-based all-access console, which is the cheaper Xbox One X. It's going to be 
all the cloud-based games only. And then you have your normal Xbox One X, which has everything on it, which is the more expensive module. But if you qualify, you pay Microsoft $25 a month up until it's paid off in full within the set of two years. Which leads me to the rumor. AMD's been teasing us. PS5 and the next Xbox. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to bite on this one. I'm kind of skeptical because I've become a PC gamer lately because of this idea. But the whole idea of cloud-based gaming. AMD's teaming, uh, teasing us with a better processor, a better graphics card. And they said the next console is going to run almost as powerful or quite possibly twice as powerful as a gaming PC. But they're teasing us saying that it's going to be cloud-based gaming with bigger cloud capacity. So that could still mean we could be featuring soon the death of the console discs. But they've been talking about that for years, so keep that in mind. It's just a rumor. If it's true, I don't know if I'll be biting, but they said the reason they weren't planning on trying to do this is because they said it would be cheaper that way. It's less discs, so it costs less for them to manufacture them. And it's smaller system capacity, kind of like the failed Steam system that came out a while ago. That was little small hookup to your TV, and you can play Steam games and buy Steam games, but it's only for Steam users. That, that was a good idea, but... It didn't really take off the way they wanted it to. But this one, they're thinking about doing all cloud-based. But then there's another rumor that PS5 and Xbox are considering going the Switch route and trying to make screen-based little portable consoles that also hook up to the TV. But if that's true, let's look at PSP and let's look at PS Vita. PSP, good system. I loved my PSP because I'm a JRPG anime fan. Great game for some fighters, too. Wasn't as good for shooters and everything, but it was a good system. Had its run. Then they came out with the failed PSP Go, which was all digital games. Then they switched over to Vita, which is the cards, the little cartridges. And I'm fine with that, but they said because of failed marketing, just like the Wii U, it didn't take off in America as much as they thought it would. And that's become a console more for RPGs and JRPGs as well. And after this year, we all know free PlayStation games are going away with uh, the PlayStation Plus is going away on the Vita, which means the PlayStation Plus discounts on certain games will be going away as well. So nab them while you still can. So if the rumors are true and they do go handheld, I hope they have a plan. I really hope they have a plan because... Uh, lately games have been disappointing me lately it's like I don't see much of you know what gaming used to be or what it's supposed to be and sorry Fortnite fans I'm calling you out on this but Fortnite is ruining video games (laughs) everything's trying to copy off the Fortnite model and what happened to couch based games what happened to couch co-op where you could have your friends come over and play Instead, they're encouraging people to stay in their homes, not go to their friend's house to play games, because if you go to your friend's house and you want to play a certain game, well, you have to bring their console with them in order to hook it up. So it just seems video gaming is kind of drawing a fine line of 
where to go and where not to go. At least that's my two cents. I don't know what your opinion is, but that's just my two cents on that. Yeah, I mean, I've never been a big fan of online gaming. The only times I've ever got anywhere into it was maybe Pro Evo Soccer 4 on the original Xbox and Top Spin Tennis on the original Xbox. Other than that, I've had a little go at Halo 2, I think it was. And that's basically it. I don't really play online at all. I just play like story-based games. I don't play couch co-op games because I'm at an age now where I don't know anyone that will go over and play games. Oh, see, you mentioned soccer there. That's another another game to talk about. FIFA 19 is right around the corner. I got excited because I've always been a soccer fan. I've always been an English football fan. Um, I'm a diehard Manchester U fan. And a diehard PSV Eindhoven fan from down there and Holland and over here in the States, diehard Chicago Fire fan, always. And then when it comes to the national teams, go Holland, go England, go Ireland, you know, because I'm part Irish, so there's that right there. And go America, though, don't know what happened with the last World Cup, but FIFA 18 was pretty good this year, you know. That was great with the World Cup update and everything, but I talked to EA recently, and they're not doing a World Cup update for 19 for the men's. They're thinking about doing it for the women's, because Women's World Cup comes up this year, in 2019. But a lot of fans are complaining, because they haven't really tweaked much. The seasons mode that I normally play, the offline career mode, it's pretty much got... A few tweaks, like, you know, uh, it's got some locker room scenes and walking down to the pitch, and you got some of that, and then you got some trophy scenes. But other than that, they haven't really tweaked much. They've only tweaked the the one-on-one, you know, solo matches and the career mode, and then their pay-to-win model, as I call it, which is a big ultimate team. So it's... It's on the fence for me. It seems like they've forgotten what real football games are all about. It's like, what happened to the days we could play live matches on the go? You know, match comes on TV and you want to play along with it. What happened to that? What happened to the live scoring broadcasts and everything? It's it's changed. But I did catch a glimpse of the Champions League. UEFA Champions League has multiple different types of UEFA leagues this year in the game. They have the Spanish UEFA Cup. They have the regular Champions League. They have all the different types of champions. And the new commentary for the UEFA mode, amazing. I wish we had commentary like that in other versions of the pitch. I wish we had other commentary, you know, like that so we could play it in any mode and still have that awesome commentary. Yeah, I mean, I'm just getting a little bit sick of the FIFA games because the it seems to just run a little bit too slow, whereas the they say- the Konami's game, um, it seems to be like double the speed, so it's a lot more action, fast pace. That's what I heard, but I haven't had a chance to put PES on my list to actually play yet. Pez has not been the game to go to, and now that they lost Champions League, I might just end up buying Pez 18 instead of 19 if they have Champions League in there, just to play Champions League, because... I, I'm tossed, you know, I'm getting tired of EA's nonsense and what they did to Star Wars Battlefront. I mean, I, I 
I want to touch that subject so badly, but I don't. But I'm going to anyway. Thank you, EA, for not listening to the fans. If Disney had any kind of right mindset, they would pull this license from EA and give it to an up-and-coming developer like they were doing. Find somebody who wants to do it. Like There was a fan Star Wars Battlefront made on Steam that was being developed, and it looked amazing. It was going to be Battlefront 3, like, and Disney stepped in and canceled it because EA had already made Star Wars Battlefront 1. Well, Battlefront 2, campaign mode was great. They're adding Clone Wars stuff, but thank you. Thank you for ruining gaming because loot boxes. We don't need loot boxes. I personally vouch that I do believe that loot boxes are considered gambling. Now, if it's for, like, cosmetic stuff... And they want to pay for it? Cool. I don't need cosmetic stuff. I don't need a pink Darth Vader. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him looking just like movie Darth Vader, black Darth Vader. Cool. Awesome Darth Vader. Then I don't need a UK looking Darth Vader either. I don't need a US looking Darth Vader. I just need Darth Vader and all his black madness that he has. You know, I need that. But they, they've they been pushing the boundaries. And that brings me to another company. Since we're talking about gaming news... I may have underestimated one company. I'm sorry, guys, for calling you out on this. I've wrote you guys on Twitter before and called you guys out on your games, but nobody has listened for years. We keep getting the same generic response. We're working on it. 2K. I used to be a wrestling fan. I used to be a WWE fan before I turned New Japan and Ring of Honor over here. But I'm sad to say that these last couple of years of 2K WWE games have been horrible. It's always been the same constant career mode. It's always been the same constant everything about the game, and they get bored and repetitious. Yeah, it's just like the EA games. Insert a few wrestlers, take a few wrestlers out. Insert a few arenas, take a few arenas out. But the trailer, the trailer for the new 2K19 game is absolutely amazing. Like, they have a House of Horrors match in this game. They have the Mad Hardy house in this game, the Hardy compound in this game, and they brought back a fun favorite from Tony Hawk Pro Skater that they first introduced in Tony Hawk Pro Skater was Big Head Mode. I don't know why they put it in a wrestling game, but they said they want to make it fun. They have Towers Mode. Everybody knows about that. Seems more like this game is going to be kind of bordering on a fighting and Mortal Kombat style wrestling game because they also have zombie wrestlers. So now I'm not on the fence about it as much. And I have pre-ordered the special edition just for the Hall of Fame ring that's coming with it, the replica. But we need more of that. We need more listening to the fans. And yes, you can't listen to all the fans. I'm sorry. If I was a gaming company, you wouldn't be able to listen to all the fans because one fan, A, over here wants... All the female characters did not be sexist, whereas female over here wants more cartoony female chicks. And then you got over here where, oh, I want more this. You know, I want more teams added to my game. And this guy over here, like you mentioned, Dave, at the soccer games, is we want more fluidity. We want more aggressiveness. We want more realism on the pitch compared to just, hey, look, I get the ball. I get the ball. I'm running. I'm running really fast. Up, scored. Turn around, scored. Turn around, scored. You know, it's it's hard, but at the same time, they still need to listen to some of what we're saying. You know, make gaming the way it used to be again. Make gaming great again, the way it used to be. You know, make it fun. Make it fun. 
Don't make games hard. We don't need any more Dark Souls. I'm sorry. <laughs> we do not need any more Dark Souls style games. We just need fun games that we can pick up in our spare time and play and enjoy. Thoughts on that? I agree. We need fun games, but I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's just... As you say, the last few wrestling games have been quite bad. But I haven't enjoyed any wrestling game since they went like 3D. I thought they've all been really slow and monotonous. They have been. I mean, they did one. I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, wait, no, that was arcade feeling. That was arcade feeling. Um, I think No Mercy was pretty good on the 64, but that was way back years ago. You know, it was just... Fire Pro Wrestling's back, though. I don't know if you saw that. Fire Pro Wrestling World is back. I've never played any game like that. It's got the arcade sprites. It's a good game. It's got the arcade sprites. And there's a little controversy going on in that department too right now. Is uh, They released the game on PC well over a year ago. I got it when it was nine ninety nine. Now the price is 20 some dollars for it. 20 plus dollars, I think. 27 22 I don't know the exact price, so don't quote me on it. Um, but it was just, you know, play one-on-one matches or play online matches. There was no story mode, no career mode, no promoter mode, which is called fire promoter. Then finally this year, they announced a season pass. First time ever, a season pass. Okay. I don't like the idea of season passes, but sometimes I bite, sometimes I don't. This seemed promising. New Japan was doing a special DLC. I don't want to support New Japan. So they're going to put their characters in the game. So, it comes out for PS4. And they give them the DLC of all the wrestlers at day one. But they don't give them the story mode or any of that stuff. That's for the season pass. Whereas the PC gamers, we are still waiting. We're still waiting on the company... To give us our DLC, they said that they'd be done with it sometime in September. And, well, it's already the second week of September and I'm not seeing anything popping up. And a lot of gamers are getting upset. I'm trying to hold my patience because I have other games to play. But they don't seem to be delivering. And on top of that, you know, why charge for a season pass? A lot of people are saying when the wrestler should have been included on the base game because the PlayStation 4 game came with the base DLC. So it's just a lot of controversy in gaming nowadays. It's becoming more controversial day by day. Like even my favorite game, my favorite MMO that I play, World of Warcraft even has controversy. And with uh, Blizzard even announcing recently that, hey, we messed up. We're sorry. We're trying to change things. If more video games companies came out and actually honestly said, hey, we're trying to change things, what what do you guys want from us? Then we'd you know, have open-ended discussions and forums, and if they actually checked their forums, that would be even better. So that's pretty much what I have saw on the news so far when it comes to gaming. Oh, and more news, gaming news really quick. I just, I, I remember this. GameStop is trying to sell. GameStop right now, I saw, is trying to sell off because they're... Used game sales have been way down compared to the way it should be. So you got that, and then Amazon just canceled my favorite part of having a Prime membership, which is the game discounts. So that's pretty much a given. I, I don't know if that was just over in the US, because I'm, I'm not sure if we actually had any of the 
Amazon discounts for pre-order and stuff over in the UK. I thought you guys did because I, I accidentally clicked on a UK Amazon once, Amazon.co.uk, and it showed me Prime discounts. But that was a while ago that I accidentally clicked. So I don't know if they took them away from you guys first and then took them away from us after. Then again, I don't I've, know about I've, that. I don't think I've ever pre-ordered a game in my life. Really? Never? There's no point. <laughs> well, you, you got that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll admit. Okay, I have a game collection of statues, and I pre-order the games when special edition statues are involved. Like, Dragon Ball Z Universe 2, I got the Goku statue, because I wanted a Goku statue. I got the Witcher 3 edition when it had the Geralt statue fighting the Griffin. And a lot of those games, when they come with statues, you're right. The statues, sure enough, appear on the market shortly after at GameStop themselves, selling them for $100 rather than just the game. So if you want the statue, just go buy the statue. Whereas back when PS3 days existed and Xbox 360 days existed, they had special pre-orders for, like, Skyrim. They had Skyrim and they had the Last of Us statue, which is now worth well over $1,000 because people are charging high amounts for them on eBay because there's only a limited amount of them available. But yeah, pre-orders nowadays, unless you really need the statue and you don't think the statue is going to be available, don't really need to focus on pre-ordering it. And I talked to a gamer recently who has been pre-ordering his games digitally. He gets his games digital, but there's no way to you know, trade them in. There's no way to sell them off. And you're stuck with the game, and if the game sucks... Or if the game's really, really badly. <laughs> you thought No Man's Sky was bad? <laughs> Joe's like, yeah, over there. He's like, he's like, yeah, No Man's Sky. I didn't spend $60 when it first came out. <laughs> um, yeah, you got games like that with uh, digitals. And if they really suck when they come out and they break our pr- their promise to us, you're stuck out of money. And you end up deleting the game. And then years later, they update it. And then you try to go back to it. You know, like one game that I bought in the past. I bought Evolve because it was made by Left 4 Dead. And that game... (laughs) That game was horrible. So yeah, I see your point. You know, maybe it's not worth pre-ordering games. Like right now, they get pre-orders. I get... I'll admit I have one pre-order on the market because I want to play the one game. And it's for uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z for Switch because it comes with the Super Nintendo Dragon Ball Z fighting game. But then I found out the Dragon Ball Z fighting game that comes with the Switch is only in Japanese. Why? Make it worth pre-ordering the game for me. Like, they just had Tomb Raider launch. Great series. But how are you going to give me a pre-order bonus of a tiny little flashlight that's about three inches long? That's your pre-order bonus. That Game companies need to come up with better pre-order bonuses. Like, we got Kingdom Hearts coming out next year. Kingdom Hearts 3, we waited for that for years. Um, where's my special pre-order bonus for that? Like, give me a Kingdom Hearts statue or something. Otherwise, you know, it'll just be waiting till the price goes down on it. At least that's how I feel about games. Like, I'm sitting here looking at my retro collection, and those were games. PS2 days were games. You know, PS1 days were games. Those were games. Now you have... Beat it in 10 hours, and you're done. You spent $60 on it. What do you do? Oh, well, you don't have any friends to play it with? Well, 
congratulations, you either play online or you don't have anything to do. I don't think I've actually got any physical PS4 or Xbox One games. I think well, it depends on what. Them all. It depends on what games you get too. Like, what games do you usually get? Normally, like racing or sports games. Some fighting games. Do you usually wait until they go on sale, though? Like on PlayStation Network and Xbox Xbox sales? Um, basically, yeah. Um, I, I just picked up the... Oh, there was a, a, like a rally game made by Codemasters. And it was like 50 quid. And like two, three weeks after, it was, it was down to like 15 pounds. So I thought, yeah, I'll have that. See, that's what, and that's what I'm talking about. People... And especially here in America, that we're, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that our culture is all gimme, gimme, gimme now. I want it now, 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 rather than waiting. And then I admit I've been this way in the past with some games. And it comes out, you buy it. Two weeks later, what happens? You find it cheaper. It's down in price. Or even a month later, it's down in price. Same with like the wrestling games. You wait until around January and you got a game for $30 instead of 60 and Steam even has sales they have the fall sales they have the fall sale coming up which I'm excited for I can't wait to see how many games you know I can get on there cheap because it's if you look hard enough you can find games cheap enough yeah I do agree and nowadays it is great because like we got sent on rush to review and it was literally only been out a month, two months. And now it's come out on the Microsoft's game sort of service where, you know, your subscription, you pay £7 a month. And you it's included within that subscription already. Yeah, I'm looking at the review too right now and uh, from other people reviewing it. and It was a fun oh, game. It looks fun. I mean, it says 9 out of 10. Um... It says it's a heck of a rush, so in a way, it kind of reminds me of a... Uh, there was a game that came out back in PS3 days. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It was made by Disney, of all people. But Oh, it's Split called Split Second. Second. Yeah. Yes. That game was a real rush, too. and that's, I, I love that game, yeah. And I like Slur as well. I need to try uh, Stuntman, uh, the old Stuntman, the one ignition where you can actually blow stuff up and drive through it and... Stuntman for Everything. the PS2 was amazing. For the PS3, the Ignition one, it was okay, but it was made by different people, and it just wasn't as good. So that's what we need. We need more games that are pick-up and fun, and that's why I think the new Pokemon game is going to be a, a good one, because for the first time ever, you can sit there and play with a friend. They can just come over and pick the controller up, play it, and have some fun. That's what we need. We need games... We need games like that again. I mean, like you admitted that you don't have anybody to come over and sit down and play co-op with, you know. Whereas over here, it's like, it's it's hard to make friends these days. It is. Because everybody's always in their houses doing their own thing and all that. And so for me, it's like having two people here living with me. I have my couch co-op people, but for so long, it's like, where are the couch co-op people? You know, where are the two-player people? And where's my replayability value in certain games? Yes, I mean, I know the... Like, on PC a year or two ago, we used to get sent loads of, like, the indie games that were all 
like the two-player co-op sort of stuff. And I'd have to email them saying, we can't review it. I've got no one to come and play the game. Well, <laughs> now you do, because me, like I said, I'm not a hardcore gamer, but I'm selective when it comes to my games, but I always try to give as best and honest reviews as possible that I can possibly give. And I'm always trying to find new games to play. And I saw there's another new game coming out this year, speaking of anime. Um, J-Stars is coming out with another another game, and this time they're adding more characters. So you got Naruto, you got Goku, they're adding Yugi Moto from Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm like, this is going to be some fun stuff. <laughs> that would be pretty funny if Yugi summons someone's skull in the dark magician or his Odia and then you just gotta sit there and oh crap, you know, that's that's his attacks rather than punching, he's summoning cards. You got Luffy who does the rubber band thing, you got Goku doing the Kamehameha waves and stuff, you got Naruto doing his own thing, every character has their own unique ability. It, it's gonna be a wild and fun game, so maybe we get a copy of that to review. That would be awesome. <laughs> Like I say, we got sent the the Fighters game to review on PS4. So I mean, I'll just have to email them and see if they'll send stuff over. Yeah, maybe they'll send us a copy of the Fighters game, Dragon Ball Fighters for Switch, because then I won't have to pre-order the game. I can play it, give my honest review, because I played it a little bit on PS4, and I love the graphics, and I played the beta on Switch, and... To take a, a little console like the Switch, since you have one yourself, you take a little console like the Switch, and the moment you take it off the dock, it's supposed to drop down in frame rate. But Fighters keeps the frame rate locked. I believe they said it's 60 FPS no matter where you go, whether it's on TV or on the go. And let's face it, going back to what I said earlier, Anime Gamer. I've always loved anime since I was a little kid, so going back years ago, I've always dreamed of the day when an anime would become a fighting game, and the graphics would be equal and on par to anime. The Naruto Ultimate Ninja series for PS4, the Ultimate Ninja Storm series for PS4 that came out last year, the collection, was supposed to be a step up, and supposed to be anime-styled graphics. I played it. It's still not close enough. But then I played Fighter Z's and I was like, you know, fighters, and I looked at them like, wow, this is what I've been dreaming of. If only they had a bigger character roster because they're adding more characters. And once again, season pass thing, you know, I don't like that idea. But, you know, when are they going to give us the Dragon? If they're going to give us a Dragon Ball game, when are they going to give us a Dragon Ball game that was like Budokai Tenkaichi? Three, the very last game that they made that had a hundred some characters. I think it was 150 characters from every arc of the story, including the manga. Give us a game like that. That is major replayability value right there. Because if you're a solo gamer, like I used to be, you can just sit there and be like, make your own little tournaments up and make your own little stories up in your head and put so-and-so fighters together and everything you can just have wild wild and crazy fun with that game so i think we've been over an hour so i will call this episode has been episode 228 i will just run through some bits so please visit our website which is oneupgaming.co.uk 
please go to our Patreon site, which is patreon.com slash O-U-G. We have official t-shirts and mugs and that type of stuff at bluecyborg.com. We have an album out. It's on like the Play Store and everywhere like that. Just Google Games Inspired Music. And 20% of each sale will go to the Child's Play Charity. We also have our first 100 podcasts available at audiobooksontape.com. And there's also an exclusive Sans Pants radio interview. Um, that's £9, and £1 of each sale goes to the Diabetes UK charity. Um, you can contact us at Facebook, which is just search one of Gaming. We have our YouTube channel, again, search one of Gaming. Our official Twitch is twitch.tv slash O-U-G official. If you want to tweet us, it's at O-U-G official. And if you want to email us, it's contact at oneupgaming.co.uk. And the podcast itself, please subscribe to us, give five stars, positive feedback. Um, it really helps when people are searching and it helps with our rankings as well. So it's been me, David, and the new guys, so Brian. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, and I'm looking forward to the next review uh, and looking forward to being in a future episode, possibly the next one or one after that. I'll have another review coming in for the next game. Yep, so I will try and get the podcast back up weekly, so hopefully as of next week we'll be back on. So thank you all, and goodbye. Yep, goodbye. Do you have trouble sleeping, tossing and turning all night? Nothing you do seems to help. You're not getting your recommended six to eight hours of sleep each night. Well, now there's a solution. Now there's Fat Cat Fly. With Fat Cat Fly, you'll easily get the sleep that you deserve. Download for free on the iOS App Store, and you're guaranteed to get a good night's sleep with very few side effects. As you help a fluffy kitty eat all the junk food that he wants. Side effects may include sleeplessness and desire for cheeseburgers if erection lasts more than five hours. See a physician. Try Fat Cat Fly today. Visit Facebook.com slash Fat Cat Fly because you deserve a better life. Hey guys, Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you in particular, in that way. And I wanted to say, I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering, if you think we're great... If you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really, really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. O-U-G Gaming will always be free, but... With your support, we can always move forward and always be better.